welcome to the Cult of Domesticity podcast, a podcast about history, true crime, and whatever life brings us. I'm Courtney, and every week I am joined by another fascinating person. Let's see what we're going to talk about this week. Hey guys, July 13th is coming up soon, and if you want to meet me and a bunch of my podcasting friends, about 80 of them, come down to the True Crime Podcast Festival at the Marriott downtown, right on the Magnificent Mile, you know, right by the Bean in that beautiful park. So... I'm excited to see some of my favorites. All Crime, No Cattle, Ignorance Was Bliss, Nature versus Narcissism, A Paranormal Chicks, The Getting Off Podcast, Dark Routine. All of your indie favorites are going to be there, as well as a lot of the big names. This is a full day event, and the sooner you sign up, the cheaper it's going to be. So make sure you sign up soon. And there's going to be meet and greets. I'll be there. Um, I have ordered some things so if you're there you might get some exclusive goodies and you know there's some amazing events going on some panels like uh you know getting off and la not so confidential are doing a live episode as part of this there's also amazing panel with uh court junkie misconduct and pretend radio so really why haven't you bought your tickets yet i already have and I hope to see you there. Welcome back to the Cult of Domesticity. This week we have Marble Orchard Podcast. Do you guys want to introduce yourselves? No. Yes. <laughs> we do. I'm Faye Daniel. I'm Prickly Pete. I'm the funny one. She's the one that has to be here because it's awkward if I just talk to myself for uh, an hour. Because you're not the funny one. You've exposed yourself, you dummy. I mean, why do you think I always have guest hosts? Because it's awkward to just talk to Mike sometimes. I've done it before. It's not that bad. Yeah, he's done done one solo episode or two. I don't remember. I don't know what was going on. Um, It was because you were like, I'm sad. It's dark outside. I'm going to go sleep for four days. I had to go be dormant like a weird dragon for a little bit, but I'm here now. It's because you fucking... The bear that you are requires you to like fucking just go into a little cave during the winter and like gain 45 pounds and sleep in a bed yeah and then come out and just be like i'm ready to be a human I'm and then i'm a human for a little bit and then i just go back it's it's that, it's a weird cycle but we make it work <laughs> that sounds amazing to just sleep for four days mm, i don't know <laughs> I don't think it's, a blur. it's a blur i'm pretty sure it's just called seasonal affective disorder Could be. um do you want us to introduce the the our podcast a little bit so people know yeah. what it is okay so The Marble Orchard Podcast is a podcast that explores the murders and mysteries of the American Southwest. Um, So I guess that's pretty much it. We do all sorts of stuff. We do like crimes. We do cryptids. We do conspiracy theories. It's just a fun time. Yeah. Anything Um, and everything of the American Southwest we cover, which is four states that we kind of go through on a on a loopy thing yeah we've been described as being both funny and arg bad yeah so (laughs) if that sounds like something you're interested in go ahead and check it out if you're on any of that spectrum go for it well i mean you guys freaked me out because i had to drive on 80 right after you guys did your your interstate 80 episode so guess who was paranoid that street is fucked that road is just fucked yeah See, and that's and that's what we're here for. We're here to just make people uncomfortable feel. in their skin. Well, I was gonna leave it at feel, but I mean, you can go farther. <laughs> you know, you're just driving, and you're like, wow, I remember all these horrible things that yeah. have happened on this road. You just you just gotta feel alive sometimes. I was in Nebraska, so I needed that. <laughs> yeah, because Nebraska's not alive. What is Nebraska? 
that's always what you ask when you're here. You're corn. Through. You're like, it's just snow. It's, it's corn. snow and corn. I didn't even, I didn't even see corn. Yes. I didn't even think it snows there. I think it's just it corn. It snows in Nebraska? Is it, maybe, that's not actually snow. It's just popped corn. In the oh, summer, fuck, it gets dude. too hot. Oh. And all the corn explodes. So popcorn the just stays there until the winter? Oh, man. I've been, I've been wrong. <laughs> I've been wrong about how Nebraska. how fucking gross it would get if it rained oh. after the state flooded with popcorn. I'm going to oh, do it. The whole state's just this <laughs> soggy, wet, white mass molds. That that describes Nebraska on so many levels, though. A uh, soggy, wet, white mass. Yeah. That's how I describe my co-host most of the time to people that don't know her also. Oh, I was going to say, <laughs> think about the raccoons just, like, chewing on that gunk. Like, oh, oh, oh to, no. to live no. in Nebraska. <laughs> to live. I think it's not I as have... bad as New Mexico. That's all I know. I don't know. I, I have a... From when we were driving through, they had a, like, little booklet thing, and it told you how many people and what was at each exit. And some of them, it's, like, right off the freeway. And then, like, further in, and some of them were just nothing. I was like, well, then why is there a road? Why this are you nothing? tempting me? Well, it's got to go to a fucking farm or something. That's true. It goes to, it like, has- the one family of five? Probably. Like, that's it? Probably. Yeah. Ugh. I mean, there's fucking land back there, and the state will build a road. Ugh, get rid of it. Just get rid of it. No, we need corn. We literally both had corn at lunch. <laughs> I need my popcorn. <laughs> you had Cheetos, which are mostly corn. <gasps> they can't get rid of the Cheetos. That's what I'm fucking saying. And I had corn tortillas. My hot chips. We both ate corn. My hot chips. I haven't had corn in so long. I bet it was in something. Can High you- fructose corn syrup is in everything. Actually, surprisingly, fewer things than you would think. But that's just because my sister can't have corn syrup. She can't have fructose, so. So you just <laughs> don't ever have it? Uh, We just have very limited things because uh, it's in that it's like in fruits and vegetables too but she can eat gummy bears and candy in case you're wondering interesting so i guess they're not using the hf corn syrup hfcs i was gonna try to like come up with what the abbreviation what for it was used? on the fly what they and i then? couldn't so it just went hf corn syrup. yeah um, uh, sucrose okay regular sugar i was thinking sucrose and then i was like maybe i'm wrong I'm doing or that. I'm doing that paleo diet to shed this uh, the fucking wedding weight that I put on for my friend's wedding because that's what happens when you drink for an entire week straight. Um, and uh, you're not supposed to have like added fructose in that, and that's where I learned that lots of stuff had high fructose corn syrup. Okay. Oh, All yeah. the stuff you were used to eating has the high fructose corn yes, syrup. Yes. Uh, which may- maybe that's not a lot of food. Maybe I just eat poorly, but that was that was something that I confronted. Yeah. Your quickly. diet has high fructose corn syrup. Ketchup, fucking barbecue sauce, fucking. Oh yeah. All sorts. Now of Now you get to stuff. watch me eat it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a lot. It's like random things that you wouldn't expect. Oh, oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> Don't we have a story to tell? Sometimes. We have two <laughs> stories to tell, so we should probably... <laughs> Alright, so uh, you said that we're going to go first? Yes. Alright, so what we're going to cover is we're going to cover the... What do you want to call it? Like, disappearance? This is the st- strange, unsolved disappearance of disappearance, Maureen Aaron Fields. Kidnapping. I didn't know if you want to go disappearance she kidnapping. She kidnapped. It's unsolved. It's an unsolved <laughs> disappearance... Of a Nevada woman. She's classified as endangered missing. Yeah, which means she's... Which implies happened. kidnapping. Or mm. aliens. Oh, yeah. It implies something. It I'm doesn't pretty sure imply... she was a person. But anyway, of Maureen Erin <laughs> Fields, uh, she went missing on February 15th of 2006 from Pahrump, Nevada, which is a... Wait, that's not a real place. <laughs> yes, yes, it, it is. is. <laughs> my, uh, my grandpa-in-law lives there, actually. So it is a real place. I know for a fact. I've seen the address on a card. Um, so, so yeah, she was, uh, did he do this? 
No. Do we need to take a drive? No. Okay. <laughs> no, he did not. Podcasting do on this. the road. Yeah. Suddenly we're like, oh, hang on, we're gonna get up and go. Stewart did not kidnap her. I promise. Okay. Um, Stewart is clear. FBI. Just so you know. <laughs> Let's not lie. It's the NSA man who's listening, forced to listen to all of these. All right. Well, I really feel bad for him because she was forty-one years old when forty-one years years old when she went missing. Um, she'd be fifty-four today. Other than that, I think you're ready to start giving the uh, the details. The details? Yeah. Um, so she lived with her 56-year-old husband, Paul Fields, which it sounds like just a generic name. Um, How many names is Paul Fields? Also, if people want to see that dude, auto he's... Part store. Yeah. He definitely sounds like just like some dude out in the country that just has something. Yeah, Paul Fields. Um, a tractor, probably. He has Fields. Yeah, he's got that fields. That also could be the place he grew up in. Paul Fields also sounds like He grew like up in a field? field? Yeah. And see, that's what I mean. Like, he's just such a... But, but, you uh, plant he, him? He's you water of, him? Yeah. Paul he, grew in the fields? He grows, but he doesn't grow great. He's got a little little, little something going on, as, as we will see later. But um, they live together, but they are not doing great. They're having a little bit of... Um, they're having a row every once in a while. marital strife. Yeah. They're, uh, they're having some issues. So this isn't a dateline then? No. They had the perfect marriage. Oh, no, definitely not. this is not the perfect marriage at all. But I mean, they'd been married for a bit, so they were they were trying. Fifteen years, indeed. They they were they were trying. Fifteen years, indeed. Indeed, good sir. They've been married fifteen years. Do you have a monocle on? Yeah, quite all, all the time. Uh, so, so what was going is on is that um, on Valentine's Day, Maureen and Paul were uh, having a bit of a domestic fight. Um, they were arguing over some stuff. Well, domestic violence, nothing big. <laughs> we don't know the details um, because, unfortunately, this is going to get very one-sided. But um, they know that Maureen showed up to work. She worked at a Wells Fargo. And she showed up and she was pretty upset. And her coworkers could tell that, she, you know, everything wasn't, wasn't quite right. Um, and she did state that something was going to happen on that day and then the, the work day kind of happened and then she she left in the evening so she kind of alludes that like something could happen but there's nothing ominous at no that no time. no so basically all it is is the couple's fighting she goes to work and then like at work she's like oh god fucking paul over here and then after that she's like all right i'm all right bye guys see you tomorrow morning and then she's never seen again Yes. Ooh, so she's psychic. She could be. <laughs> yes. She could be anything. <laughs> so Maureen didn't show up the next day for work at 8.30 a.m. as scheduled. She had a very good work record, so it was very out of place for her to even be late. Uh, so about 20 minutes after she was supposed to show up, her coworkers called her husband, and he said that he thought she left for work. So he's, he does the, like, she's not, she's not there thing, so, like... That doesn't really tell you anything because it's like the go-to thing if he had done something, if someone else had done something, who knows. Um, so uh, after getting off of the phone, he actually did go directly to the police station, though. So it wasn't just like a, oh, I don't know where she went if she didn't go to work and then nothing happens. He actually seemed to be alarmed himself and went in contact. So he's not Christopher Watts, basically, is what you're telling me. No, he, no, didn't, no. he didn't put a Josh Powell. He didn't just fuck around and for two hours going in circles in a van. Um, he he goes to the police and starts asking if there's been any accidents involving a green 2004 Hyundai. Yeah, because that was her car. <laughs> that wasn't just a random yeah. car that she was like. Well, he never mentions, when he talks to the cops, he never mentions his wife's name or why he's like 
investigating that's not entirely true because he does try he he well according to him that's not true because he did say that he at the time he was trying to file a missing persons but there's that whole like got to be gone 24 hours thing before you can report someone missing once they're over 18 but this is all coming from him that's from him though there's no the police don't say anything like oh yeah he totally tried that so yeah what i saw is that a couple times he claimed he was like they said i couldn't file it yet but other like sources were saying that he didn't even ask about like how, well, what you about can't a person? trust the news remember yeah it's i don't know if the news is right he's right but we only have his side because maureen is now missing in action so arg bad arg bad um and so he he then of course like you know waits 24 hours and then reports her missing but he wouldn't really need a, to do you think he set a timer Oh, yeah, he said it on the fucking, like, oven. This he just, is 04. He's got a flip phone. Those had timers on him. I think he still probably used, like, oh, a he, watch. Oh, uh, that dude's, or that dude's probably he's got, like, the field. Nokia block phone. No, he's a field dude. He's got a watch. He's just beeping it. He's, like, got a little beep, 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 yeah. He's, like, 24 hours. Yeah, he's he's setting the sundial. He's, like, when it looks just in this weird crack, Oh, I assumed if you want to set a sundial, you, like, put a magnifying glass where you want it. And then, like, when the the beam goes onto, like, a firecracker and lights the firecracker and the explosion is your alarm. Yeah. Oh, my God. That would be the best one. (laughs) That would be if you were just, like, oh, here, got it. Set off the poppers. Let's go. So uh, the next day on uh, February 16th, her 2004 Hyundai was found in Inyo County, California, which was about 12 miles from the Nevada state line. Uh, it had been stuck in the sand in the desert uh, about 125 feet off the road. So, like, the sands there gets real deep. So, she, so someone, her, maybe someone else, had taken the car, tried to drive it into the desert, and then it, like, sinks into the loose dirt. Yeah, well, it's close to Death <sighs> Valley, which is, like, the sand, sand. sand dunes but it's I, i'm sorry watching people drive on sand can be hilarious especially with cars like with co- like vehicles that aren't equipped for it because they just struggle do and they like, I've, this is- I've never seen it i've seen videos uh, of people like trying to drive like i saw this video once where like they took a car to the dunes like a honda sit like an old ass honda civic on like, a trailer and <laughs> they drove purpose? it out into the dunes and what they what on purpose yeah Okay. They like yeah. These people were. It was old ass. They're just getting rid of it. They were just oh, fucking around. Okay. With it. Okay. And they like put it at the top of one of the like the big dune like ramps, and they like tried to push it down, but it just like sunk into the dune. And then there's yeah. just like time elapses at like different points where like the sand's just burying it. What the hell? <laughs> it was really funny. Um, in Long Beach, Washington. In Long Beach, Washington, you can drive on the beach, in like certain areas. So for 4th of July, it's kind of fun because you see a bunch of people, they park on the beach and then they shoot off fireworks. But uh, the park rangers patrol the beaches because it's part of state property. And it was just funny because I went to the office one day and one of the rangers goes, hey, you want to see a Jeep that's just in the surf? And I said, what do you mean in the surf? And he goes and shows me the picture. I was like, oh, that's a Jeep Wrangler that is half submerged because they got stuck. I've seen pictures of that. Yeah, it, but, so it is in the water then. Like it had gone from it, like it was originally in the sand, and then the surf just like came up and the well, tide that, came like, in. Like folks like did also drive their beach out onto the the fucking beach. Mm-hmm. So what did I just say? I don't know. Folks like <laughs> they drive their, their bitch out on the beach out onto the beach, <laughs> and then when they get on there, they're like, "Oh, it can just be wherever. It's a jeep. It's fine. Even yeah. if it's submerged, the tires will make it float." Or this is like what they think. So because it's a jeep, yeah. they think like it can do anything. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah, but your car doesn't weigh enough and doesn't have the right kind of tires to grip it. 
So you just kind of just start like basically it's like in snow too. You just your wheels keep going and it digs you a deeper hole. And yeah, it's not it's the like best quicksand life kind of where it just is the more you fight, the deeper it digs you in and then mm-hmm. you're just stuck because it's a giant car. Yeah. And it's just kind of funny because apparently getting out of sand is like the same thing as if you get stuck in snow. You just do the exact same thing. Well, yeah, they're, they're, they're similar substances. They're both like, they're, they're, are those both non-Newtonian fluids? Is that what that's called? I think so. <laughs> I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna say yes or no, but I, maybe. <laughs> Except for you can't use kitty litter to get you out of uh, sand. I don't think that's well, that works you're as well. Adding more sand to the sand. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well. Um. So. <laughs> Now we're going to get into one of at least my personal favorite things, which is when you find a car and there's lots of weird shit in the car and they're like, how did this get here? Yeah. So, um, that's an answer to a lot of it. (laughs) Um, so her keys were actually in the ignition still, but the driver's seat was fully reclined. So like fucking laying down, like when you need to take a nap in the car or get a blowjob. Yeah. Or get a, or get a blowjob in the car. Um, her purse is in there. Yeah. And slippers and eyeglasses were down underneath the gas pedal. Um, there were some religious pamphlets that were fanned <laughs> out next to her purse, which so like like I don't know exactly which ones, but probably like a Mormon Mormons. one and then maybe like a uh, Jehovah's Witness or something like that. She's mm-hmm. like shopping for a new religion. Yeah, it's like getting life insurance. You got to shop around. <laughs> um, I thought you don't shop around. They just come to you. I mean, depends if you're actively you searching for them or for they're them, searching yeah. for you. <laughs> Uh, but also, uh, going along with the purse, her wallet and her credit cards were still in the, the purse. So, like, nothing was stolen. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, what gets weirder, though, is there was a knotted up pair of pantyhose sitting on the seat. Um, but also, bottles of prescription painkillers and tranquilizers that were... One of them was empty. Now, the fact that she had these bottles isn't actually that weird because apparently uh, she'd had a few surgeries in her lifetime... One was she had had a titanium plate put in her jaw. And then the, the other would be that she had two different foot surgeries prior to this for some sort of foot-related condition. And the fact that she'd had those surgeries was related to, like, a chronic pain issue she had. So she would have just had these painkillers, but still the fact that, like, one of the bottles is empty and it, like... this the, If you look, if you just take this detail, these details as is... Sounds like she like drove out into the desert to get high and look at Jesus pamphlets. Yeah, and because they specifically state that there's a Xanax bottle, and a lot of people, um, unfortunately, like to use Xanax to overdose. So it's one of those things where she Dropping drove out. Bars. She drove out in the desert and just like overdosed. But the the Xanax bottle had been completely wiped clean of prints, um, and there was also a 22 caliber rifle in the back seat. So there's this combination of stuff that just goes off weird. Yeah, and just outside of the car, so just so crime scene but not directly in the car, there was also a blanket sitting on the ground that was stained with a small amount of both blood and vomit. Ugh. But again, there were no signs of Marine at the scene whatsoever. No. It's She's... creepy that the, the pill containers are wiped clean. You're just like, that's not right. Yeah, and I mean, if she had committed suicide, it was one of those things where she wasn't gonna just like wander off while doing it she would have just stayed in the car like at well, that point, also there was no, no note or anything and usually yeah. with especially something like this you'd expect some sort of note or something the jesus pamphlets <laughs> maybe <laughs> that you, was you the note pamphlets right on the back of them yeah like you had paper like... i picked this one i'm going to meet him see you guys in a couple days yeah i found the golden tablets guys yeah you're, you're like here it is i figured it all out and then you're just like i gotta leave and you get up but that's 
That's as far as it would go. Um, uh, they did take evidence. some of the evidence back to do DNA testing. Yes. And mm-hmm. they found uh, traces of an unidentified male's DNA on some of the evidence from the car. Yes. So uh, not no. all fields. No, no, it was an unidentified male. Investigators stated that they believed the scene had been staged by whoever was responsible for Maureen's disappearance. Maybe Paul Fields. Maybe Paul Fields, but there's this unidentified male DNA, so like maybe not. Yeah, so it's like maybe Paul Fields with a buddy, but who's the buddy? And Paul Fields, it really isn't giving anything. Uh, his his marriage was falling apart, but there's nothing that screamed that he would absolutely do this. No, and he did. He was their like prime suspect for years. Especially because her family insisted that, like, he was someone to look at and that she was planning on filing for divorce and he knew. So they were, like, really trying to be like, hey, you should check out this creeper Paul dude over here. Yeah. And he, he does he does look like a suspect. His- he is, he's, got, he's got photos. He he's- looks like he could be, like, don't judge a book by its cover, but sometimes <laughs> judge a book a little bit by its cover. Yeah. <laughs> what if he got his, like, friend Paul Plow to help him out, you know? Yeah, that's what I mean. Like, is it all the Pauls? Are we just getting like... <laughs> I've Paul, never met a Paul I like. Paul Straw is coming in. Paul, Paul Horses. I don't know what else happens Paul on farm. Onions. Your Paul farm puns are weak. I don't know <laughs> any Pauls that like do farm work, but Paul Onions. Yeah, we can get Paul Onions. Where's Paul Holes at? He can solve it. He, there we, we can, go. We can fight Paul with Paul. Like, let's just... <gasps> New, uh, a chaotic Paul with a neutral Paul. We'll just... Yeah, neutralize the Pauls. That's how we fix this. <laughs> and then we'll just bring Aaron Paul in just to summarize everything up. Yeah, just to commentate. Like we need we need a dude like showing the the play-by-plays and then the Pauls are going at it. Well, anyway, back to this Paul. <laughs> um, Maureen's friends had described him as jealous, domineering, and stated that he that Maureen was afraid that he was going to kill her. So like we talked about where she at work was always kind of weird about him. Uh, she had friends that conf- that also told the same story. Um, she had told many people that she was afraid of Paul. Maureen had told many people she was afraid of Paul. But uh, she did not say there was any actual physical abuse. I mean, so, like, which people don't always speak out about. They they can be, you know, trying to keep it on the down low. Right, and she did tell she did tell people at work, like, hey, something's going to happen. So, like, maybe maybe there was. And that, hey, I just realized that was Valentine's Day. Yes. Because she disappeared on oh. the 15th. Yeah. So, on, February 14th, the last the, day she was seen alive, was Valentine's was Day. Was the sketchy day, yes. And that's the day Happy that they got Valentine's Day. Yeah. You're going to disappear. Happy Valentine's Day. It's not It's not fun. There's no chocolates. There's just weirdness. I mean, you could have put the Xanax in the chocolate. Just so, saying. Or you can always give it to your baby in Florida and then get off on murder charges. There's, fine. I mean, there's, that's happened too. There's lots of uses for Xanax. I prefer that you use it for what it's intended. And not a nanny service for And your not child. a nanny service. Not a <laughs> uh, exit from life strategy. Um, so Paul's whole kind of story having to go with this was he just claimed Paul whole, Paul's, whole. Paul's whole story, <laughs> not Paul whole story, Paul's whole oh, story. I, I was going with it. It was a uh, Paul's whole Paul's whole in the story. Yeah, I was no. confused to where we're at. <laughs> Paul's W-H-O-L-E story <laughs> that was his defense for the whole thing was that he didn't do it. And that before she had left that day and vanished, when he supposedly thought she was going to work, uh, she had said, I might as well do it now. Why wait? Yeah. Which could mean anything. <laughs> like, literally, that could be like fucking getting the car washed. Yeah. Which, yeah, I guess. Or I'm... getting Taco Bell. Yeah. Like, 
Why, why wait for Taco Bell to sell breakfast now? It's great. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's so good. Just just get that Taco that Bell. That breakfast crunch wrap is a gift from God. Just go grab oh. one. Yeah. Don't worry about those calories. Doesn't count on during It does breakfast. have more calories than the normal crunch wrap. Does it? But it yeah, I, the normal crunch wrap is like 550-ish calories. The breakfast one's like 700, almost 800. Jesus. But the breakfast one actually fills you up. The regular it one also tastes to. better than a regular one. So, so this is this is now the Taco Bell podcast, <laughs> dude. I would totally we just, do an entire show. Just about Taco re- Bell. reviewing different Taco Bell things. The items, their menu's huge. You could do it. Oh All yeah, right. have you not seen um, the Try Guys? The one guy eats the whole Taco Bell menu. Yeah, and it it looks painful. Every time I watch them do stuff, I'm like, that has to hurt, and it looks like it hurts. I, I mean, I think they're gonna space it out now because he's gotta. It can't be healthy. He did the whole Olive Garden menu last. Yeah, I'm just it, like isn't the it taste of Italy already heat. has like two thousand calories or something in it. So tour of Italy. Yeah, the, the weird thing that's got the lasagna and the fucking spaghetti or whatever it is. That's just asking to die. It's asking for yeah. diarrhea is what it's asking for. <laughs> he also tasted it all in a truck, like a moving van truck. Oh, that's just like, oh, I can just imagine like the nausea of like eating and then there's just a truck moving at a weird speed. No, it's parked. They had to keep moving it because they didn't apparently like a moving van with a bunch of people filming in it sitting in their parking lot for too long. Oh, yeah, that would make sense. That would bring some suspicions. I've seen a porno like that. I'm sure you have. <laughs> There's um, so... porn for everything. <laughs> Except for this. There's not so, porn for this. So Paul had also claimed that Maureen had... Maureen? Maureen <laughs> had been draining thousands of dollars from their joint baking accounts prior to her disappearance. And he believed... So again, this is Paul being like, oh, this this, la- this wife of mine that disappeared, she's probably doing something else because she's totally got a gambling problem uh, and that she's addicted to prescription drugs. Those were what he implied with the whole like money disappearing out of the account thing, um, which, I mean, seems very like, oh, yeah, the gambling problem. Like, well, I feel like or, you just blame that on everybody. Yeah, it's Nevada. Or you just are getting the money out, pretending you have a gambling problem so you can get away from that fucking asshole. Yeah, you're stashing the money so you can eventually leave, have like a nest egg for that, and then go through the divorce with some money left over because he didn't take it all. Yeah, he also claimed that at the time he had no idea that this was going on. So like this is some sort of weird like retroactive theory that he's coming up with because apparently she normally handled most of their finances. So like she's the one paying the bills and stuff she like that. She worked at a fucking Wells Fargo. Of uh, course she handled well, yeah, the finances. Of course she's the one doing yeah. the bills. Um, but he said that he didn't find out all this money was missing until he got like bank statements and credit card statements, um, mm-hmm. from when she, after she disappeared. Which is true because you can actually see one of the things if you Google her name is mm-hmm. her financial records pop up and you can see that it is, uh, very low and there's a lot of negatives on well, there. Well, yeah, cause everything a- according like- to Paul, she had taken out two $7,000 cash advances off their credit cards. Yeah. Cash advances, fuck you. There's bad. a lot of liens. Don't oh, yeah. it'll, take it'll- cash advances from your credit cards. There's advice to anyone listening. Don't take cash advances. Um, and she'd also withdrawn $2,000 from their joint banking account. Um, and so with all this stuff, his his official endgame theory was that she had staged the suicide and run away rather than facing what she had facing and like owning up to what she had done. Yeah. Which there's un unknown male DNA at the at the supposed crime scene. So it makes sense that like, oh, she ran off with a lover. Do you know and what his excuse money. for that is? He said that he had evidence that Maureen had asked a third party to kill him prior to her disappearance. <laughs> 
an allegation the police have no evidence for and have no reason to believe. <laughs> of course not. Of course. But that's his excuse for that, is that literally he, she's got a hitman in the car with her. She's got a hitman boyfriend to come after that him. That she's somehow paying off with, what's that, $16,000? Like, he, that's, that's the other part to this is I'm like, you're acting like she's got like hundreds of thousands of dollars that she's stolen and is like running away to start a new life. Sixteen grand isn't even enough to buy like a new Kia anymore. So like, <laughs> what are you expecting? It might be enough to buy a new identity. It could. I don't know, man. You're probably getting a real bad identity with that. Like, I imagine better identities cost more money. So this, you're getting, like, some sort of, like, woman, an unmarried 38-year-old woman who lives with four cats in a studio apartment in, like, we'll call it, like, an okay area of Los Angeles. What if she becomes Paula Fields? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> like she just like adapts to oh, be that's, like that's, him. A, that's, that's just a, oh. oh paul's a typo it's supposed to be paula it's paula field oh she's totally fine that would be great yeah so that's that's unfortunately where it kind of stops in the initial is that all they have is paul and they kind of think he has to know something but they can't quite figure out with all his ramblings what's what's going on no and they especially didn't believe him after they like actually checked into all this stuff because like if if he's saying that there's sixteen thousand dollars missing they can just check yeah like the police can mm-hmm. just go check the, the fucking bank records yeah. it turned out that she'd only taken one four thousand dollar cash advance off the credit card not two separate seven thousand dollar ones and that she'd used that money to pay off another credit card which so like, which he might have racked up like it's one of those things where right. like we yeah, don't know who so, racked well, up that's credit card debt people got credit card debt i got credit card debt you had credit card debt until you decided to steal from the fucking banks and fucking settle out of whatever well so like it's getting paid who the fuck cares who's paying everybody's got credit card debt it's very normal yeah it's how americans live it literally is it's how you function it's how we get through this fucking mortal coil yeah especially if you're like middle class to anything below that you just it just happens so like that's not that suspicious yes but paul's alibi also was kind of um sketchy because he said that he was at home on the 14th with maureen which is apparently like valentine's day it's the last day she was seen uh but his cell phone records show that he was calling an acquaintance which pinged off a different tower in a different side of town so he was not at home so they don't quite trust what's going on and cell phone records are kind of tricky and a lot of people are almost siding with that they're as crazy as like the whatever the fucking thing is called the not the metal detector for people what's it called oh, lie, the, detector. lie detector polygraph metal polygraph detector. <laughs> metal detector for people um yes are you so saying detects- that lies are metal i don't, I don't know what i don't know what i don't know either but there a lot of people think that that's kind of tricky and they are but uh well polygraphs are complete bullshit that's what i mean like people are starting it's to think a power that, that the cell cell phone tower records do the same thing in court but it still is. I just, trust those more than I trust polygraph tests. I do too. I think they're at least semi-correct. So Paul has got some. Well, like a cell some, tower is good enough that, like, if I'm pinging off a cell tower here, you know, I'm not in fucking Anchorage, Alaska. Yeah. But like a polygraph test literally could be nothing. It can just fucking the the person who's interpreting it, quote unquote, can just like say I was lying, and even if I was like. But you can also turn off your phone as you leave this area, and then if you don't turn it on until you get to where you're going, it will still show that you're in town until you turn it back on in the new place. So well, it yeah. will show that. So it's like, it can be fucked with. Yeah. So that's why I'm saying like, it's not always taken as like hardcore but fact. That, no, but that's like a, that's like missing evidence. That's not like, it's not like it's false not like evidence. False evidence. Yeah. yeah that's okay. what I'm saying. But Paul's, Paul's got a little bit of explaining to do, but he's not doing it. <laughs> so everything kind of goes cold of what's going on until 2012. And in 2012, it gets hot. Um, Because we're getting elderly involved. 
Oh, no. <laughs> so the... In 2012, the DNA of that that was found on those knotted pantyhose gets linked up to an 81-year-old convicted sex offender named Keith Wayne Holmes because he had been incarcerated. Uh, so this is a little a little off, but he basically was like incarcerated for trying to get a girl to get in his car. <laughs> Not just any girl, a 12-year-old girl. A 12-year-old girl. Oh. In California, in Parablossom, California. So he's not too far from uh, from Nevada. No, where just over 200 place. miles from Pahrump. So an easy an easy drive. An easier drive than what you have had to do. 200 miles uh, is something you could do in a day. It's like yeah. four hours. But she had to go to across a, the country. Well, I'm just saying in general, like, Mr. Going from Parablossom to Pahrump, like, that's totally doable. 200 miles, I think, is a little less than Cincinnati to Cleveland. And I do that probably every three months. So see, you could definitely commit a crime in that stretch of stretch of distance, no problem. Investigators also knew that he was in Pahrump in 2006. So. Yes, he was traveling through there during the time frame when Maureen goes missing. Uh, so the little girl does not get in the car though, uh, but he is That's arrested. That's a good little girl. Yeah, she she did the right thing. She screamed and ran. Twelve-year-old some twelve-year-olds are smart. That's that age where some it's like a 50-50 whether yeah. they're idiots or whether they're not. It it happens, but he is arrested for that. Um, and then, of course, they take his DNA. It pings with uh, with the DNA that they've got on there. And so they suddenly go like, how the hell are you connected? Because you're 81 and you don't know this, like these people. Yeah, so they talked to him and he claimed that he'd met Maureen and that they had had consensual sex and that he left her alive in Death Valley. <laughs> I just like that, uh, that little, that little <laughs> phrase there. <laughs> that little... What, what is alive that Alive like? in Death Valley. Alive, that seems like... He left her alive in Death Valley. <laughs> what is that called when it's like a... Oxymoron? Yeah. Is that what you're yeah. talking about? It's not quite an oxymoron. You're an oxymoron. You're an oxymoron. Um, you're just a moron. <laughs> you don't even get the oxy part. You don't, you don't get give the oxygen any... part yeah. of that. You don't deserve the oxygen part. You're just the moron part. Are you calling me a waste of oxygen? Yeah. You waste of oxygen. <laughs> Quit thinking my oxygen. You're too close to me. Um, he also stated that he had known Paul... Um, but he didn't provide any further information about Maureen at all. Yes. And the biggest problem was that he at this time had dementia. So he Ooh. would go into, yeah, he would go into states of like real lucid to completely unsure of what was going on. So it was very tricky to interview him because, uh, like WP just said, he said that he knew, he knew Paul. And then when they would say like, well, how do you know Paul? He would just be like, I just know him. Yeah. And Unfortunately, that whole kind of lead dies off relatively quickly afterwards because Holmes died in prison hospice in April of 2014. So he's not around to question anymore. Uh, yeah. Investigators did say, though, that despite identifying his DNA at the site, they didn't. that does not mean that they rule out Paul as a suspect. Yes, it's believed that the two men were somehow involved in Maureen's disappearance and that she did not disappear of her own will, which is why she's still listed in... Um, and all the databases as endangered missing. So it is, yeah. The the dementia part, I think, is, like, the critical point because the guy, like, his DNA is there. He has no explanation of why his DNA was there. Cause he but they never... also can't push him too hard because if you got dementia, like, You're you can correct. play the dementia card whenever you want. Yeah, there's no way to convict him if he's just, like, I don't know what's going on. But he never, he, he would go through stages of being, like, yeah, I met Maureen and then we had sex. And then he would, they would come back, interview him again, and he would just be, like, I don't know who that is. I've never seen that lady in my life. And so it's, it's one of those That's... things where, it's, yeah, it's so fucking tricky. Yeah, I... I had two grandparents with dementia and 
you know, good days, it's like, oh, well, I'm talking to you again. Bad days, you know, either they're non-responsive or my favorite was my grandma thought she was not at her house. And she's like, why am I at the library? She's in her living room. She thought she was kidnapped and moved to the library? She just thought she was at the library. She didn't think she was kidnapped. And then you kind of just wheel the wheelchair around and you're like, okay, Dorothy, we're home now. Oh, you just kind of move it and they you'd mm-hmm. be like, we, we took the trip home. Wow. See, that's that's so sad and it's so hard to like maneuver days to like, you know, keep everything consistent. Yeah, that's, I mean, if he was in a assisted living, like a hospice, they would keep it pretty consistent. So the more consistent you are, the easier it is. So it'd be helpful to have more good days than bad days. But if it's, if you have a bunch of different people in and out. And I would be, I wonder if they had the same detectives going, because if you have the same detectives going, you build a rapport and he would remember better. Uh, yeah. They, just from my experience. They probably did just because they had the same, like they probably assigned the guys to like the case and then, mm-hmm. and then kind of figured it out. But, but if they were bringing some of the Nevada guys to where he was, then that would be real inconsistent because they would have to drive those miles all the time trying to connect it. So yeah, they, they never, these cases never quite go into like who they're using and how um, how steady of the people they're using. But I assume there was no way of keeping it in con- consistent. And then this is in 2012 that they find the DNA and they find um, homes. And then in 2014, which is only two years later, he then dies. So it's one of those things where like in that two year time, how much they got out of him is really kind of up in the air. Yeah. And that could be depending on it could be a, a difficult length of time to build a rapport with someone with dementia it's yeah it's hard (laughs) they may not have had an even enough time to get to like any sort of consistency in his Mm -hmm. answers so it was it's it's one of those things where dna should have solved this case and then they threw a right hook of like well how do you fight dementia well well also the dna doesn't solve it it just places him in her car at some point but it brought them a new person that would have that could have brings them a new lead but that doesn't mean that it solves anything. Think about how many cases there are that get exciting leads like this and nothing ever happens. But he could have said something, like he could have dropped the ball on something because they still don't have any trace of Maureen. So like they really would want the body to be found. And he could have, you know, mistakenly said something that then like leads them to go find that body. But Coulda, woulda, shoulda, coulda, shoulda, woulda, coulda. There's only, it's unsolved. So questions, there's all questions. It's all questions. There's all questions. But I do believe... My my theory for this one, if we want to get into like what we think happened, my theory mm-hmm. is that Paul Fields was real bad at money. And so he got himself in all this debt. Maureen was just trying to make sure her credit didn't go to shit. Uh, they're fighting about that. And that he ends up hiring this Holmes dude to kill his wife in order to collect the life insurance. But there was no fucking life insurance shenanigans going on. We don't on. know, man. We You're don't know. You're pulling that out of thin air. No. <laughs> Paul Fields is real sketchy about that what's would in his be fields. Fucking reporting I don't know what's on in Paul Fields' fields. got a fucking piece of shit. This, hey, fucking don't at me with my theory. Load. I can do whatever I want with my theory. Uh, what if she's bad. in the fields? Yeah, what if, he, what if he fucking bought a field, put her in the field? We don't know. That doesn't give him money. You're you're spending money and not making any money. Well, she she was declared dead in 2009. So but he, he didn't he, get money. I know, but he could have tried to collect some money or some sort of crazy thing. You're making that up. I think, he, that I think he sent someone to kill her for money. I don't think so at all. That's, I think he just thought she was annoying and wanted to get rid of her. <laughs> that's it. He's just like, you know what? <laughs> 
A lot There's of folks do that. There's easier way to get rid of people than that. A lot that. of folks do that. A lot of folks are like, I'm not divorcing them. That's going to make me look like the bad guy. I'll just have them murdered. Yeah, I'll just murder them. <laughs> How many times have we said that is not the easy way to go? The the murder no. is not an easy way to fix your problems. Like, No, ha- I don't think so. Handle it like an adult. Yeah, just divorce them. Have you not watched enough Dateline to know that's not how this goes? Like, that's you're not going to get away with it. That's not the yeah. It's not the American I way. I watched How to Get Away with Murder. <laughs> yeah, they're all lawyers. That's how they get away with murder. What if Paul Fields became a lawyer? That's what happened. <laughs> Paul Fields graduates Harvard Law. <laughs> I would watch that show. <laughs> I I would wonder. I would wonder if it takes place in a field, and I would watch it just for that. It's just Aaron Paul in a field. Yeah. <laughs> He's just and staring then, in there, just wondering, like, what do I lawyer? And then Paul Holes pops up and just catches him in a butterfly net. Yep. It's just boom, done. Like, and then case closed, because then he just, like, looks at, at Paul Holes and he's like, I got to confess. And then he confesses to everything and, and it's fixed. Well, in there case you can't go. tell, this is this. the end of the story. Like, that's, that's it. Dude, this is our yeah. theories. This is, this is all it is. Because, I mean... Maureen's case is still unsolved. I, I do personally suspect that he was involved, and I, but I do I don't think it was for money. I think he's just like get rid of this. You lady. think you just want to get rid of her? Yeah, I think it's to slam some new ass. Ugh, <laughs> could be. It could be both. It could be both. But he didn't get money. There'd be proof <laughs> of the fucking money. <laughs> All right. <But> I, <laughs> we don't know if he ha- if she had a life insurance plan. Yeah. So I think that would have come up. Nah, I I don't think they're releasing it because I think that might be key part of it. We don't know. They don't release shit sometimes in order Mm -hmm. to figure out what's going on. No, I think they'd release that. (laughs) So do you guys want to tell everyone where to find your podcast at? Oh, yeah. So you you, you can find us on iTunes and all the whatever podcast app. I think we're on all of them. We're on Spotify. We're on Stitcher, whatever everything is. Stitcher, Google Play. Google Google Play. Um, those aggregate apps, everything. At Marble Orchard Podcast, um, again, we cover murders and mysteries through the American Southwest, if that sounds interesting to you. Um, you can also, we have a Patreon, cause we, and we do bonus episodes, because we don't want to do ads, because ads are dumb. Um, so just just support us there. Uh, yeah. We, we, you, please just, like, I don't know, go, go find. If you Google us, you find stuff. Which is cool. Yeah, that's the best thing I about the internet. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so next week I'll be back with these guys, and we're gonna hear another story. We're gonna go medieval. Hell yeah, we're gonna get historical. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Bye. Welcome to the promo for the Marble Orchard Podcast, the weekly podcast that explores emergent mysteries of the American Southwest, hosted by me, Prickly Pete, and my co-host, Faye Daniel. And we're not just another true crime podcast, we also discuss history, unexplained events, and local monsters. You can find the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, or your favorite podcast listening app. Hey guys. Hey y'all. I'm Shelby. I'm Jenny. And we are Wives Tales. Yeah, we're a weekly podcast all about dark mysteries, twisted legends, spooky folklore, and creepy creatures. Follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, and you can find us anywhere podcasts are played pretty much. Yeah. Um, y'all keep it twisty. That's right. Bye. Of domesticity, we're available on all podcatchers. Remember to rate, review, subscribe to help spread the word. Or just force other people to listen to it. Our Facebook and Twitter are at Domestic Podcasts. And our Instagram is at The Cult of Domesticity. We also have podcast merch at Threadless. 
as well, if you want to support us financially or show some appreciation, we have a PayPal tip jar and a Patreon, which has some pretty great perks. Any topic suggestions, feel free to email us at domesticpodcast at gmail.com. Remember to stay domestic and cult-free. <laughs>